Hey everybody, Pastor Jim here. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad that you did, no matter where you're watching from. Don't forget, please give us a like, share these videos, and follow us on our page. You can do that right now, and we hope that you will enjoy today's message. So today I want to talk about the first of five habits that I want us to look at. We've been talking about living that missional life. We've been talking about developing these missional habits. And so today I want to actually dive in with you a little bit on, on a specific habit that I think we can all work on developing in our lives uh, that's going to help us to better be missional people and be the church on mission that God is calling us to be. And this first one is just, I want us to consider how we can bless others. And so I want to I make this very practical. I'm just going to say it up front. I'm going to make it very simple. I want us to think about how each and every week we can bless at least two different people. One of those people could be somebody that we know that is a believer that goes to church with us. But at least one of those people, I would like us to stretch ourselves a bit and attempt to bless somebody who is an unbeliever, not a Christian, somebody who is not already going to church. And so I want to just, I want to talk about that, that term to bless just for a second as we're talking and unpacking this, this habit for a second together. That phrase, man, it can have various means to bless, blessing, you know, uh, language changes over time and that term has changed over time. And I don't want to spend a lot of time with you right now to bore you with the etymology of the word, but just know that that word and the meaning of that word has changed over time. But most Christians who would use that word today, they use it in a way that actually means to confer prosperity or happiness upon somebody else. So even when somebody would sneeze, and uh, one of the you know most well-known responses to a sneeze is, Bless you, right? Bless you. What are you saying when you say bless you when somebody sneezes? You're actually expressing a goodwill towards that person and a desire for their continued health. Bet you didn't realize that, but that's what you're doing. But the part of the term that I actually want to focus on today, there's a, a, a part of the, the word and the meaning of that term to bless that, that, that is defined by and means to add strength to somebody else's arm, to literally strengthen somebody else's arm. So in this way, to bless literally means to like build them up, okay? It means to, to fill them with encouragement and, and for them to increase in, in strength and in prosperity. So what does it mean to, what's it mean to add strength to someone else's arm? It's anything that we can do that will relieve a burden of any kind in their life whatsoever. Anything that, that helps them to breathe easier, anything that lifts their spirit or, or helps them to alleviate distress, it can be something very small or it can be something big, right? These are things that, that we can do to actually make a difference in that person's life. There's three specific forms of blessing others that I think are ways that we can, uh, we can lean into to actually make this a reality in our lives right now. Even with coronavirus going on, I think we can do this right now. The first one is words of affirmation, you know? Words of affirmation, man, they are the simplest way that you can bless somebody else. Just be positive with your words. There are different ways to send words of affirmation, man. You can send a text message, you can send a Snapchat, you can send, you know, just 
an old school letter, if maybe it's your spouse or trying to be romantic, I don't know. But there's so many ways that you can send words of affirmation to somebody. You know, Mark Twain, he's quoted as once saying, I can live for two months on a good compliment. I can live for two months on a good compliment. It's been said that a word of encouragement is like oxygen for the soul. If you've been around Christianity for some time, you're probably familiar with the author Gary Chapman. He writes a lot of books on relationships and on love, and one of his most famous books is a book called The Five Love Languages, and in that book, he you know, actually uses words of affirmation as one of the five love languages, as he describes it. And he describes them as verbal support to communicate love. But he, he goes a step further with that, and he, he identifies the importance of empathy in blessing others with words of affirmation. Listen to the words that he says. He says this. He says, Encouragement requires empathy and seeing the world from another's perspective. We must first learn what is important to the other. Only then can we give encouragement. With verbal encouragement, we are trying to communicate, I know, I care, I am with you, how can I help? We are trying to show that we believe in the person and in his or her abilities. We are giving credit and we are giving them praise. Wow, that's powerful. And it's deep and it really makes me realize uh, how powerful our words can be and how much a word of encouragement can go such a long way towards blessing somebody else in their life. The second thing I want us to look at is acts of kindness. You know, who does not feel blessed? Let's be honest with ourselves. Who does not feel blessed when someone else does something for them, right? You know, there's, there's so many different acts of kindness that you could do. And I know right now with some restrictions in place, it may be a little more difficult. But man, I, I could think of all sorts of things from, you know, mowing the grass to the old lady down the street, you know, to, to you, know, uh, you know, helping, you know, a shut-in maybe that has some physical uh, disabilities with some, some home projects to going to the grocery store for somebody. There's so many various things that we could do and, and, and we could sit here and we could brainstorm for, for hours and come up with all sorts of different acts of kindness. But I want to encourage us for us to look actively for ways to perform acts of kindness in somebody else's life. There's an old alcohol synonymous AA, AA card that, that has these nine daily promises on it that a recovering alcoholic has to make on this program. They have to make these nine daily promises. The fifth promise, it says this. It says, I will do somebody a good turn and will not get found out. If anybody knows of it, it will not count. Now, what I am not suggesting is that we need to perform all of our acts of kindness in complete secrecy. I'm not saying that. But I, I do believe that there is a, a principle there that we can learn something from. And I guarantee as we lean into and we, we start to think how we can perform these acts of kindness, we are going to be blessed in the process as we are doing this for others and blessing them as well. The third thing I want to look at is gifts. Now, a gift, man, it can show the recipient that they are known, that they are cared for, and that they are valued. Now, by the way, I am not talking about Christmas and birthdays, okay? So that's not what I'm talking about, guys. I'm not talking about your anniversary. I'm talking about spontaneous, for no reason, totally random gift giving, okay? And, and you know, 
pretty much everything ever written on love. If you if you read any any literature on love out there, it includes gift giving as one of the core elements at the heart of, of love. And a gift, it's it's really just a symbol of, of that thought that that person had for somebody else. Gifts they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes and varieties. They, they can be, you know, things that cost some money or they can be things that are completely and totally free. That does not matter. Some gifts are given for a specific reason. You know, we know that there's a, a need or there's something in somebody's life and that's why that's given. But others are, are given and they're, they're just given really just to let that person know that they're thought of and that they're cared for and, and that they val- they're valued and that they matter. And remember, we're talking here, guys, about blessing at least one person who is not a Christian as well as blessing somebody that's in the church already. So, man, I was thinking about this. If we, if we do this, the blessing, if we're blessing one in the church and one outside the church, all of us, then this blessing of other people is going to start to, to like ricochet inside the church. You know what I'm saying? And within the church, we're going to have members who, who are affirming other members and they're give, giving gifts and they're performing acts of kindness for each other. And that's going to be something that's very positive for us within the church. But it also means if we're doing that for somebody outside of the church, that, that church members are going to be actively going out into our communities, that we're going to be propelled outward into our neighborhoods to bless unbelievers in the same exact ways that we are also blessing each other. So I hope you're starting to see the, 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 the power in this. And the sim- simple act of blessing, man, this can have huge, huge evangelistic impact. I really believe this with all my heart. In his book, Discover Your Mission Now, Dave Ferguson, he recounts reading a, a doctoral thesis. And the, the thesis was entitled, uh, Blessers versus Converters, okay? The researcher had, had, had looked into two teams of short-term missionaries who were going to Thailand. And they were going to Thailand, and these two teams had completely different missional strategies, Okay? The ones who were titled the uh, blessers, they went with the intention of simply blessing people, okay? They saw their mission entirely as being to bless whoever came their way in whatever practical ways that they could. And the converters, on the other hand, these people, they saw their mission with the sole intention of converting people and evangelizing everybody that they came across. And so the research found that the blessers had a, a much bigger social impact, a much bigger social impact. So this is no surprise because I think when, when short-term missionaries go with the intention of contributing to the social good of their context that they're going to, their social impact will be very, very high. But Ferguson, man, he points out a second finding that's just fascinating. Listen to what he says. He says this. Secondly, and here is what was so surprising, they discovered that the blessers also had almost 50 times as many conversions than the converters. The blessers were 50 times more successful at helping people find their way back to God. Man, that's powerful. 
That's powerful. This brings us back to the point that I've been hitting on over and over and over again. When we live unexpected lives, which includes blessing others, uh, including unbelievers, we find ourselves when we live our lives that way with developing these habits that that people begin to uh, ask us questions. As they ask questions, we have opportunities to share Jesus with them and to evangelize towards them. And it happens more naturally. I want to I want to just talk for just a minute, uh, just uh, on a, on a few cautions, if you will, about blessing. Um, a, a few things that we need to just, to just be aware of. You know, blessing others will definitely provide opportunities for us to share our faith. Absolutely, and, and praise God for that. But we need to be cautious that we are not blessing people only in order to try to convert them. I hope you you hear what I'm saying here. I hope you understand what I'm saying. There should not be any strings attached when we are going out to bless other people. We are called to bless others just because God has called us to be a blessing. We are not called to bless others in order that they might X, Y, and Z. Are you with me? So, you know, the early Christians, man... They, they lived this in their lives. They lived this out and, and they, were, they were doing good for others and blessing others and they were burying the Roman dead and taking care of their graves and they were feeding the poor and they were doing all this stuff. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Emperor Julian in the third century, he became enraged with them and, and he was actually upset with them because of all of the, the you know, ways that they were blessing other people. And it was so impactful, and I believe it was so impactful because they did it with no other intention, no strings attached, no bait and switch. They only did it because they felt that they were called to bless others, and people took notice, and people started asking questions, which led to opportunities for them to share Jesus. We need, I believe, we need as a church, we need as as Jesus followers to develop a rhythm in our life, habits in our lives of gift giving and time spending, of affirmation sharing, and that needs to be an end in and of itself, okay? In and of itself, because it fosters a spirit of generosity, it, it mirrors the character of God, and it alerts others, it alerts other people to, the, to God's reign. And I want you to remind you that in order to be successful in, in blessing other people, that that person needs to feel blessed. You're thinking, pastor, like, what are you talking about? Of course you need to feel blessed. But, but I, I just want to emphasize this. Our action, whatever action that might be, it needs to, it should add strength to their arm as the word would imply it's supposed to do. If people feel manipulated, if people feel manipulated or they feel used by our so-called blessings, then I think those things cannot be called blessings any longer. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Giving gifts in order to get something from someone, even if that something is to have them attend church, which is a good thing, and, and we, we do desire that. But, but if we are doing something and there's a string attached, that's going to leave a nasty taste in people's mouths. And we don't want that. Keep Paul's words in Philippians 2 in mind where he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 
I also want to look at Proverbs chapter 27, 14. This proverb is so powerful. Listen to what it says. It says, if anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. The act of blessing, the act of blessing has to be considerate in order to achieve its purpose. It has to. This means that, that blessers, if you're a blesser, you actually have to study those you are trying to bless. Because we have to become attentive to the, to the needs and the fears and the hopes of our neighbors if we're going to bless them. We have to understand that. Church history, man, it's full of stories where, where nations all over the world were colonized by, by quote-unquote Christian empires and this colonial era missionaries, you know, the colonial era missionaries, they thought that they were being a blessing to the locals when they went into these countries. But often these people in hindsight and even at the time to the locals were seen as part of the, the, the terror and the dehumanization that the local indigenous people suffered. The founding father of Kenya, Jama Kenyatta, was noted as saying this. Listen to what he says. He says, when the missionaries arrived, the Africans had the land and the missionaries had the Bible. They taught us how to pray with our eyes closed. When we opened them, they had the land and we had the Bible. Now maybe, maybe that's a little bit of an oversimplification to a very complex thing, but I, I think the point is still the same. The blessing of the Bible was not perceived as a blessing to those people in, in Kenya who linked that to the evils of colonization, right? They didn't see that as a blessing. So, okay, what's this have to do with us today? If, if we, in our lives, as we're attempting to bless others in our neighborhoods, in our communities, if we come across to them as, as colonizers, we will be perceived as people who only bless when there's something in it for us, right? And that's not what we're after here. There, there is no guarantee, by the way, that people won't misunderstand our motives. I want us to be fully aware of that or maybe even hate us for our faith. Remember 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So right here, Peter, he, he insists that we behave with gentleness and respect, but he is under no illusion whatsoever that this means people won't speak maliciously about us. Maybe he's recalling the words of Jesus in Matthew 5 where he says, Blessed are you when people insult you persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So it seems the, the key to me is to keep a clear conscience. If people revile us because of Christ, because, we, because of, of what we're doing, these, these, these acts of blessing, these, 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 these bless to bless and, and no strings attached, if people revile us for that, so be it. So be it. Now, if people revile us or people are upset with us because, you know, we are, we are being manipulative or we are, we are, you know, being, just acting towards them in ways we shouldn't, then I, that's on us. That's on us. Michelle's getting ready to sing here in a minute. And I just want us to, to contemplate this week. 
as she's getting ready to say, I want you to think about how can we lean into this habit, this missional habit of blessing others. And I want you to start praying about and thinking about people in your life that you know, people that you, this week, this week, that you can make a difference in their life somehow. Maybe it's a word of affirmation. Maybe it's an act of kindness. Maybe it's a gift. I don't know what it could be. You can come up with your own ways to bless others. But let's do it and let's do it because God has called us to do it. No strings attached. In your presence, I want to dwell. In your presence, I want to be forevermore. I want to shine the light of your face for all to see. So the whole world may know that you are God, so we may see that you are real.
Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for being who you are, for loving us so, so much. God, I pray that as we are attempting to put into practice some missional habits this week, this, this habit of blessing others, I pray that you will be with each and every one of us, that you will help us to know how to do that, when, when to do it, and, and you will give us the strength and the courage to step out in faith. God, be with every single person that's represented uh, who's watching right now. Keep them safe. Put a hedge of protection about them. And uh, we, we love you so much. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're so glad that you could join us online. Don't forget to like and share our videos and follow us on our, our Facebook and our Instagram. God bless. See you next week.